good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good night. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the time you are listening to this, um, my name is Anakoji Ejiado, and I'm here with Ransford Ajman. I'm Prosper. Yeah. So first of all, um, I want to say a very big thank you to everyone who has been listening so far. Your 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 support, your feedback, your listens have been a blessing and an encouragement to us. And we just want to say a big thank you. Continue to share, subscribe, and everything. Quick, quick. So episode two, we um, spoke about why salvation, why the need for salvation. And Prosper was on the last topic. So would you please help us recap everything? Oh, yeah. Um, we touched on how that man fell and then man lost relationship with God. Essentially, man was separated from God and um, how that on the basis of legal grounds, man cannot contact God. And then he spoke about the eternal consequences, the eternal implications of the fall of man. So in this episode, we'll be looking at what is salvation. I believe this is really key. First of all, I was taught in school that when you're addressing an issue, you must first define it. So let's look at the definition of salvation. I will give a very basic definition according to Google, actually. Salvation is defined as the preservation or the deliverance from harm, ruin, or loss. Um, a more theological definition will look at um, deliverance from sin and its consequences. I mean, looking back, we have discussed the origin of sin and everything. So how, even before I ask how do we get saved, I want to know who is doing the saving because we are sinners. And now we have identified that we are sinners. What's next? Who is the one taking us? Just like the, the definition of salvation, who is rescuing us from this harm, ruin, or loss? And, and then preserving us. So, Prosper, would you want to go first? I mean, the Bible states clearly. The Bible makes us understand that um, Christ is the one, you know, qualified to save us. You know, the Bible says in Revelation 5, and I saw in the right hand of him, that sat upon the throne, a book, thing within and without, and on the back side, sealed with seven seals. I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to lose the seals thereon. And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was worthy to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open the book, you know, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, for behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of Amen. David, he has prevailed to open the book and to lose the seven seals thereof. Uh-huh. So Christ actually is the one who was worthy to fulfill mm-hmm. God's requirement for salvation. Mm-hmm. Why Christ? Yeah. Um, the reason being that is, now where we read, the Bible said the lion of the tribe of Judah, he has prevailed to open the book and to lose the seven seals thereof. Now, God had two problems to deal with. He had two mm-hmm. problems. Number one, a fallen, rebellious creature, Satan, who was called Lucifer. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he, he had to also deal with a fallen man. So sin had to be dealt with. Satan had to be dealt with. How? Yeah. And who qualifies? The Bible said Christ, number one, he's the lamb, lamb of God. Yeah. And he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. As a lamb, he dealt with sin. As a lamb, he dealt with Satan. As a lion, he dealt with Satan. Sin. As a lion, he dealt, he dealt with Satan, but as oh, a lamb, he dealt perfect, with sin. Perfect. So he, he, he solved God's twofold problems. Wow. Perfect. Yeah. Answer, do you want to contribute? Oh, yes. I think he has said a major part of it. But you, you realize that um, right from the beginning, or as we've already discussed, man fell. 
man had no power in himself to redeem himself. Mm-hmm. So it had to take um, a, a, a qualified being to save man. And we already know that there was also another creator, as he mentioned, who is Satan. And um, we've talked extensively about Satan. So God, um, in, in a sense, God was the person or the persona qualified to actually redeem man. Yeah. So God in himself had to find a way of coming in to reach out to man. And we see him do it, or uh, we see him do this severally in the, the, in, the in the Old Testament. Yeah. You know, salvation is basically deliverance. So when, how did God deliver people in the past? Or his people? Because these are foreshadows of what he was going to do eventually. So there was um, once um, a form of captivity of his people in Egypt. And God brought a deliverer to deliver. So that's how God delivers. He he delivers by sending forth a deliverer. So Moses comes in the name of the Lord, speaks to Pharaoh, let my people go so that they may worship me. And so God, the Bible says God brought his people out of Egypt by the hand of Moses and Aaron. But let's focus on Moses here. The deliverance act of God is always through a person. So God sends, and the person goes in his name and then brings his people out. Do you understand the concept? And so that's what he has been doing over generations. And so we see it done again when his ultimate plan had to be um, carried out by the person of Jesus Christ coming. Jesus is, 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 is the fulfillment of all the foreshadows. So we see Moses, but then ultimately we see Jesus. Perfect. Since we have spoken about who is Christ, I mean, why Jesus? Let's 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 look at who he is in himself. Who is Christ or who is Jesus? Okay, um, Christ. Christ is both God and, and man. Mm-hmm. You know, he's both God and man. And then um, this is what we need to understand. You know, basically concerning in the person of Christ, he's both God and he's both man. I mean. So that's that's it, yeah. That was very simple. Ransford, <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything to contribute? Oh yes, Jesus. Uh, Jesus is 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 like um, Jesus is like um, I think. In a previous episode, we used that the illustration of a of a tangerine. Really? Did we? Oh, okay. All right. So let me say, Jesus is a tangerine. That's why I always say he's he's multifaceted. You know, and in any angle that you look at Jesus through, you would see God. Yeah. And yeah. so Jesus is God himself, but yeah. he manifested as the son of God. Why do you why did you use the tangerine analogy? Because when you open up the tangerine, you see many, many sections of the tangerine, but it's called a tangerine in its whole. Mm-hmm. So we see a tangerine, but we see many parts of it. Okay. And it and, and for every part you take, it's 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 almost a representation of the food here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we have that was very simple, first of all. And <laughs> um, so just as Prosper said before, in order for God to save the world, He has to come down Himself to 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 do this. We realize that um, in the life cycle of, or in the Old Testament, we realize that it's a cycle of deliverance, as Ransford said. Israel is constantly being delivered, and it gets to a point where it's no more about 
capturing a land or being in the promised land or anything about it's about sin right now. So he needs to send himself to come down. So let's talk about what did Jesus come to do? Ransford, please take that. So Jesus came to solve the sin problem. And much more than that, he came to show us the way of God and God's original plan of raising sons. The ultimate end of salvation is sonship. And so Jesus came as a prototype, not just primarily to take care of the sin issue, mm-hmm. but also to show us the way of God, that this is how you should have been, or this is your end, man. But you fell short, so look at me, and begin to rise again. So that's Jesus, that's what he came to Perfect. do. Perfect. why do you want to add to that? Okay, um, we can give thousand and one reasons why Jesus came. Yeah. Thousand and one reasons. Yeah. But you see, in eternity past, there was a conference of the Godhead. The father said, I need sons for my expression. And the son said, I need a bride as my counterpart. And the spirit said, I need a temple for my indwelling. Oh, yeah. And all these three desires of the Godhead are fulfilled in the church. Today we are the sons of God. We are the bride of Christ. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Primarily, the reason why, the reason why Christ came is to produce many sons after his kind. Mm-hmm. You know, so it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons, that's it, into glory, to make the captain of, the, of their salvation perfect. So the perfecting of this salvation is to bring us into a place of sonship, to the place of glory. So, I mean, we can say Christ came to do this, he came to do that, but primarily, the, the basic reason why he came is to bring us to the place of sonship. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. So, um, just, just to add something, over a, v- a very long period of time, I've heard people talking about the fact that Jesus was just any other man. Mm. I want you guys to quickly delve into that and explain to people that he was not only man, but he was fully God and fully man. So, I mean, I've heard people saying that you can live a perfect Christian life because Christ lived a perfect Christian life. And, I, I mean, even before I, I, I conclude on that, can you please sp- speak to that? Okay. Um, let, me, let me just... Let me just quote this thing and then. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, Napoleon Bonaparte was, <laughs> was confined in exile mm-hmm. to a place called the Rock of St. Helena. And over there, he met a certain count. His name was Count Motolon. He said, Count, can you please tell me who Jesus Christ was? This man declined. And he said, well, I'll tell you. He said, Alexander, Kalmanj, Caesar, and myself have founded great empires upon force, but Jesus Christ founded his empire upon love. He said, I tell you, all these were men, but Jesus Christ was more than a man. He said he demands the human heart unconditionally and forthwith his desire is granted. Oh, and all that believe in him have this supernatural love flowing in them. He said, time, the great destroyer, cannot extinguish this sacred flame. And he said, this is what convinces me that Jesus is God. So Jesus is more than a man. He's not an ordinary man. He's God himself enfleshed. He's God who tabernacled among us. Check in history. No, nobody has been spoken of more than Jesus Christ. Yeah. Nobody has been debated on than Jesus Christ. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he's the most influential man in history. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you want to add to that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So he has given us some very, very good points about why we, th- we, we, we claim Jesus is God. It's a reality. It's, it's, it's a fact. And Jesus did not just claim to be God yeah. as we see it in the Bible, but he also proved it. There are, many ta- there are many things that can only be attributed to God. Uh, there are um, certain things that 
only God can do. And we see Jesus do many of these things. You know, before, um, before Jesus came to the scene, before Jesus came to the scene, um, there was an angelic visitation to Mary. And the angel of God, Gabriel, proposed God's plan to Mary, that mm-hmm. this is what we want to do on, this, on the earth. We want to bring um, the Savior of the world into being. Mm-hmm. And is your womb available? And she accepted it. Now, that may seem strange to you that the Spirit of God overshadowed Mary, and then Mary got pregnant. Um, that may seem strange to you, but uh, it, it, it wasn't new in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Such a thing happened in the past. We, re- we, we read of the sons of God coming down, and yeah. they took for wives, you know, the daughters of the earth. And we read that these women gave birth to certain special beings. Yeah. You understand? So it's not, it wasn't the first time spirits were reprodu- reproducing through human beings. It is a concept. It's a, it's a concept that we can delve into, but maybe another time. Definitely. Just to let you know that it had happened before. But this time around, it was God himself who came. Perfect. And he came by his spirit. And, and, and the spirit of God is a perfect being. He's a holy spirit. He's the holy spirit. Let me put it that way. And so he came... And then, you know, I, I always say that the point of conception of Jesus was when the point of conception of Jesus was when Mary accepted the word. Mm-hmm. You know, when the angel came, the angel just basic, basically came to declare a scripture to Mary, mm-hmm. a scripture about the redemption of, 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 of man through um, Jesus Christ. And the angel's proposal was for an available womb. And then Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. I believe that that was when Jesus was conceived. You know, anytime that the word of God is received by faith, anytime you received the word, that is when the word begins to take fruition. And be it unto me is basically amen. Let it be. Let it be. So if it was in English, we would have said Mary just said amen. Anytime you go to church and they declare word and you say amen, something happens. It's not, we are not just doing a ritual. No. We are accepting and confirming the word of God. Amen. amen. So now Jesus is formed. Jesus begins to grow. But in, 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 in the womb of a man or in the womb of, of Mary, we have a perfect being being formed. Now this perfect being was shrouded in flesh. So Jesus came as fully God but fully man. Fully man because he had a body. And the body, we, we, we know that a body was prepared for him. All right. So he had a full body, uh, but this body was, 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 was formed by a full God. Or this body is being inhabited by a full God. So Jesus is the first, first, first of, 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 of the new creations of God. And so he came to show us exactly what God wanted to do and how God wanted to do it. Yeah. All right. It's really important if you have listened to the previous episode because we are making reference to it. So in the previous episode, in talking about why salvation, we identified four key areas sin came to destroy or um, sin came to shift. It shifted a relationship, essential, the essential nature of our, ourselves, and it, it put us in a legal battle, sort of, and it messed with eternity for our lives. And I believe that in, whilst, whilst we are talking about Jesus, it's great to identify how Jesus came to shift all these things and put man in the center. 
and fix man towards God. So Jesus was like a bridge from man to God. And we are looking at how he placed us in the center of all these things surrounding us and how basically he saved us. So let's first talk about the relationship. The relationship between God and man. How did Jesus come and fix that? We know that um, God's original intention is to have a personal relationship. But when man fell, there was not a need for a mediator. So the Bible makes mention of two kinds of priesthood in the Bible. The Melchizedekian priesthood and the Aaronic priesthood. You know, and we know the Bible spoke of the priesthood of Melchizedek actually in Genesis 14. You know, which Paul re-echoed in Hebrews 7. That is without mother, without father, without descent, beginning of this, end of life, and all those things. And we know that they all speak of Christ. You know, and how did Christ fulfill this priesthood? You know, the Bible said Melchizedek is without mother. In fact, this man, Melchizedek, there are so many views concerning him. You know, some say he's the patriarch Shem. Some say it's Christophany. You know, <laughs> there are so many views. And, and um, some say it's Theophany. But so when man fell, man lost that kind of relationship with God. But then, the, the, I mean, there had to be a mediatorial class between God and then man. You know, so we see many two kinds of priesthood mentioned in the Bible. The Melchizedekian priesthood and the Aaronic priesthood. Mm-hmm. You know, and we know that the first mention of priesthood is in Genesis 14 in relation to Melchizedek. And Paul made mention of it in Hebrews 7. You know, and how did Christ fulfill that priesthood? The Bible said Melchizedek, you know, king of Salem, king of peace. I mean, without beginning of days, no end of life, you know, abided continually. You know, and the Bible said he was made like unto the Son of God. I mean, this is amazing. He was made like unto the Son of God. Um, the, the Greek who said he, he was assimilated unto the Son of God. To say someone was assimilated to somebody is like saying, um, you did something, and I came and I saw what you did. And I did the same thing. It means you assimilated unto me, but Melchizedek existed before Christ. So how come Melchizedek was assimilated unto Christ? It's, it's, it should have been Christ was assimilated onto Melchizedek. Yeah. How come? Because the priesthood of Melchizedek was a photocopy. That wasn't the original priesthood. It, it was a photocopy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because God wanting us to understand the real priesthood of Christ, he furnished us with a copy. Yeah. Which is Melchizedek. So that when Christ comes, we we'll see the original copy. <laughs> now, and the Bible said he was without mother, without father. I mean, because with, with the ironic priesthood, before you, come, you become a priest, they have to trace your genealogy. Mm-hmm. If you don't have any priestly descent, they will sack you from your office. <laughs> yeah. That's why when we read Ezra chapter 2, 60 to 63, they trace some people's genealogy and they realize that they had no priestly parentage, so they had to be sacked. But Christ, <laughs> I mean, he, 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 I'm telling you. <laughs> he was everything. Yeah. I mean, he was everything. And he fulfilled all these things. And even when we come to how he fulfilled the Aaronic priesthood. I mean, Christ was not supposed to be a priest after the order of Aaron. Mm-hmm. Because mo- um, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 7.14, for it is evident that our Lord sprang out of the tribe of Judah, the tribe of which Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. But then how did he fulfill the Aaronic priesthood? You should understand that John the Baptist was the last order of the Aaronic priesthood. His father was Zacharias, so he was a real priest. But on that day, at River Jordan, when John laid hands on him, he transferred the, princh- uh, the priesthood from Levi to Judah. That's how come Christ fulfilled the ironic priesthood. 
right, all right. Okay, then essentially, essentially, man's nature was corrupted. You know, so th there was a need for um, regeneration, man to be born again. You know, yeah. And then, so when Christ came, mm -hmm. man now had a new life, which is the very life of God. You know, so that's how his death and resurrection actually dealt with man's relationship with God and then man's, man's nature. Because when, when Christ died and rose from the dead, there wasn't any need for a mediator again. Yeah. Now we can go into his presence boldly. Right, yeah. yeah. Wow. Ransford, do you want to add to that in relation to um, the legal battle he had between God and man involving the devil and also eternity? All right. So just as he was saying, you know, when after Christ had finished, before he even went to the cross, he he was always um, referring to God as his father. Yeah. His father. I do the work of my father. My father worked, and so I work. You know, I don't do things on my own accord. I only do what I see my father do. Yeah. At the point, the the priests and the religious leaders were even uh, or attempted to stone him. And the reason was that because he called God his father. Yeah. You know, so many people were not, um, didn't have that privilege. People did not have that audacity to call God their father. Yeah. But Christ did. And we see, we see the work of Christ after he resurrected. Mm -hmm. He said when he resurrected, he called um, his disciples who were calling him rabbi, master, he, he, we, we, we see him calling them brothers, brothers, yeah. brothers, you know, and he told them that I go to my father and your father. You see it. It tells us my God and your God. It tells us that he had done a certain work. Now he did not see himself as the only begotten of the father, but he had brought many sons back to the father. Exactly. And that is what we should. That is our reality. That is, Christ had come to pay the price. He had come to pay the price. And what actually makes us, what makes us qualified to go boldly before God or take us back to God is because the righteousness of God had now been imputed to us. We are now, and the, righteousness we are now the righteousness of God, you know. And this, this act was done by Christ yeah. and none other person, and no other person, no other person had the power had the had the audacity to to make us um, righteous before God exactly. or have a right standing before God, except God Himself who exactly. came as man. So even to chip in on the legal in law, there's something called a multiplicity of suits. Mm. So it's when, for example, Ken comes to sue me on an issue, and behind Ken is the whole nation, and the court will basically say that. Uh, if I'm to deal with Ken, Ken's issue, wow. Prosper will come, Ransford will come. The whole, so let me just con let's just conclude on this. And wow. that's what Christ came to do. Wow. Christ came to end the multiplicity wow. of suits wow. by saying that my blood has been shed so that the whole world will need to mm. come as individuals before this throne and be judged, but it's taking my righteousness. So, I mean, in talking, uh, and also to talk about the legal nature, we also look at eternity. Mm. When Christ came to die, he, he solved the issue of eternity. Wow. Yeah. Let's look at Christ's resurrection. Okay. What did that do for us? Okay. So we, we, let's just go a little bit back and talk about the death. You know, John got it right. Mm -hmm. When he saw him, he said, 
behold the lamp of God that take out that ticket away the sin of the world. And that is what Jesus came to do. He came as that lamp to solve the sin issue. And we see how some people wonder, there are questions all over the place. Why or how can the death of one man cause the entire world to be saved? And I, I think you've done a perfect job in explaining that with a legal term. <laughs> you understand? But yeah. in the resurrection, mm-hmm. the resurrection was powerful. Mm-hmm. The, the, the resurrection proves to us that Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. Because God cannot, God cannot be kept in the grave for too long. Okay. You know, if Jesus had been in the grave and had rested in the grave, you know, we, we would have been in very, a very deep trouble. You know, the death of Christ is actually uh, made more meaningful or makes more sense after the resurrection. It's after yeah. the resurrection that we see the kind of life God wants us to live. We see the end thereof. We see the, the, the results of the work of Christ. We see a glorified body. We see a hope. Because even if Christ had not resurrected, then we would have been very hopeless, as the Bible puts it. You know, but we thank God that he did not stay in the grave. He rose again. And when he rose again, he broke the power of death. And, and he cleared away the, 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 the sting of, of, of death. So we can boldly, boldly have a hope that when we die, we don't remain on this earth. When we die, we will be raised up with him. Hallelujah. So, I mean, finally, we are drawing close to the end. Finally, I'll ask, what has salvation done? Okay, so um, aside dealing with sin, Mm -hmm. you know, salvation also brought us into God. Yeah. It brought us into the place of sonship. Because that's that's what I'm saying. That that's God's the chief end of all that God is doing. Because there's regeneration and there's adoption. Regeneration is the making of sons, mm. but adoption is the placing of sons. Mm. We have been made sons, yet we have to be placed as sons. Come to the place of sonship, because sonship is the full expression of the son. So this salvation we are talking about, if we don't come to the place of sonship, expressing the very life of a son then, <laughs> I mean, we, we miss the whole thing. Yeah, so the chief end of all that God is, Christ came to do, is to bring us to the place of sonship. Perfect, yeah. perfect. All right, so um, I just remember something Prosper said in relation to, uh, it was in relation to how popular Jesus, someone saying oh. they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I remember something I, I read this week. It was in relation to the Beatles. They said that they were going mm-hmm. to be more famous than Jesus Christ. Yeah. But today, the Beatles are not around, <laughs> but our master Jesus is yeah. still and forever yeah. will be. Yeah. 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 So, guys, um, thank you so much for yeah. listening. Or, oh, Prosper, you want to add oh, something? Yeah. And, and, and even in history, you know, there was a man by name Voltaire. Okay. You know, when he, he was on earth, he said, in 10 years, my single hand will bring down the edifice which took 12 apostles to build. He was referring <laughs> to the church. On his deathbed, he raised up his hand and he said, Nazarene, that was conquered. <laughs> <laughs> his, house, his house was used for printing Bibles. <laughs> oh, Kingdoms will rise and fall. Definitely. But Jesus will remain Definitely. on the throne forever. Definitely. Amen. Yeah. The, the cross might not be there today, mm. but it's, it's printed in our hearts forever. Amen. All right. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope you have been blessed. Um, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram and Twitter. Calvary underscore central, sorry. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share. And please give us um, a five-star rating. We need it so much. 
And God bless you so much. And you hear from us next week. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast was brought to you by The Milk Factory. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Have a lovely week. We love you and God bless you.